You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show, and I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is episode number 982 in our podcast series. With over 30 years of experience in human resources, CEO of world-class HR consulting and coaching, Vic Bular is training and coaching leaders, managers, and directors in various leadership development and and techniques. His firm helps organizations align HR processes and programs to help increase productivity and the all-important retention. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show and the CEO peer groups that I lead, then I'd ask you to visit our company's website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And if you know someone who would make a great guest on the radio show, please call or text me at my personal business line, 949 949- 887-4104. Vic, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Well, thank you, Rick, for having me on the show. Uh, let's start with uh, a simple thing. Can, can you share uh, an interesting story from your professional path that our audience would find something valuable and worth listening to? Well, I'll give it a shot. I was a senior manager at Ernst & Young in the consulting group. And they had decided that they would send me to USC to recruit MBAs, which was kind of silly because I had already graduated from UCLA and they'd already made one bad mistake, right? Bad decision. And but nonetheless, I was there. I was still teaching at UCLA, uh, but I would per- I would uh, persevere. But as I interviewed candidates, I was I was impressed. I mean, I was overwhelmingly impressed. And after a while, you know, I'm a smart guy, I finally asked one of the candidates I was interviewing, hey, do you ever do any interview training? And it turns out he says, oh, yeah, we, we spend an entire semester on mock interviews, studying most commonly asked questions, techniques for responding. We videotape each other, get critical feedback, and then practice more. And it was that point in my career that I realized that hiring managers didn't have a chance, that candidates were just way more skilled than the you know the executives doing the interviewing and uh, ultimately I wound up becoming certified and uh, as a master trainer in a program that focused on behavioral interviewing and uh, went on to teach about 3500 leaders this at that time new skill so, so let's let's uh, explore that for a minute if we can and Vic first define what behavioral interviewing is and then help the audience with CEOs and uh, business owners to appreciate how that is compared and contrasted to maybe what might be thought of as more traditional interviewing techniques? Sure. Well, behavioral interviewing really had its roots in the days of the 60s. Well, actually, it goes further back than that in terms of uh, the Office of Strategic Services that was looking for um, Spies, and there weren't a lot of people with spy resumes around, so they created, you know, what ultimately became the farm, which were, you know, simulations of um, uh, spy techniques, if you will. And so corporations adopted that and created uh, assessment centers, which were very long and engaging and, you know, but very productive. But, you know, we're talking a week to two weeks to select leaders, so. Um, they excerpt that and became, you know, develop this behavioral interviewing process, which means 
identifying competencies of the job relative to peak performers, then asking behavioral questions, which typically began with a tell me about a time when, and then filtering those answers and pinning candidates down with, you know, okay, what was the situation, what was the task, what was the action, what was the result? And, you know, back in those days, I mean, that was our secret weapon. Nobody knew about that but the people we were training, and so we really got to the core of the individual. Well, fast forward to the Internet, and now if you Google behavioral interviewing, all of our great secrets are right out there. You A million three hits for behavioral interviewing. So all of our secrets are out, and candidates are much more trained these days. Um, and, and Google, who for, you know, all of the great things they did, you know, were really known for their, quote, silly questions like, why are manhole covers round? How many piano tuners are in the world? And, it, you know, it got such notoriety that, you know, it was, it was really cool, right? Well, Laszlo uh, Bach, who was chief people officer, finally came out and said, you know what, it was really silly. And actually, before he left, he banned all those questions for a more structured behavioral approach. Are you, are you, I guess I'm a little bit confused then, Vic, because um, the fact that it's available and readily understood by candidates, does that make behavioral interviewing not as powerful as it has been historically, or is it still a, a hiring mechanism that you would recommend to business owners and CEOs? Well, it, it makes it even more important for hiring managers to be better skilled at this technique. While, yes, it's not new, and yes, it's, you know, most smart candidates have done their research, um, it, it means that the hiring manager or the recruiters need to be even that more skilled. I mean, one of the classic behaviors of, uh, you know, um, like almost magician's uh, uh, technique is to for the candidate to say, well, Rick, if what you're really asking me is this, and then they go on to answer a question the hiring manager didn't ask, and then the hiring manager thinks, wow, that was really a great ex example, but it wasn't what they really wanted to know. So in think in today's world, it makes it even more important that uh, anyone who's out there interviewing from, you know, CEO to direct reports to the recruiters, they've got to be skilled, and this is indeed a skill. I, I wrote a recent article in my blog about who needs interviewer training. It just seemed like for a while there it was, well, we, don't, we can't afford to do it because we're not hiring, and then it became, well, we're so busy hiring we mm. can't afford to stop and train our leaders. Uh, but it just means it's it, we have to be better prepared for the candidates if we really want to know who the the top performers are. So, so we're talking with Vic Bellar. He is CEO of World Class HR Consulting and Coaching. And I, I wanted to ask you, in your experience working with business owners in using this technique, have you found that you can use behavioral interviewing to search for job fit and culture fit as well as kind of the the technical aspects of the job? Oh, sure. You know, it's a great question. Cultural fit, you know, is a core competency. Um, and you can ask questions around cultural fit, like describe the work environment or a culture in which you're most productive and happy. Or in the past, 
where have you succeeded more relative to a cultural environment? Uh, so it's really getting at their behavior. The challenge with, with cultural fit is culture is such a nebulous term, and often culture and corporate values have more of a tendency to be words on a page or a, a website and less of an action. So it's really grasping and gaining a common definition. Well, what is our culture, and who are the you know who are our peak performers, and how are they achieving within our corporate culture? But absolutely, you can look at competencies, and that's the starting point. Might be achievement, you know, persuasiveness for sales, planning and organizing, and you know, of course, culture fit. Culture fit is just one of many core competencies that you might identify in peak performers. Thank you. We're going to uh, take a short break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. And Vic, when we come back, I wonder if you might tell us a little bit about your firm and why do clients, what do you do for your clients and why do they choose world-class HR consulting and coaching? Can you do that when we get back from the commercial? Absolutely delighted to. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We're going to be back with Vic and that question and a couple more in the next block. But first, here's a very short word from me. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. You know, we love reviews of our show here on your favorite podcasting software. This is a great way for others to find our show. Since we started broadcasting live here on octalkradio.net and as a podcast, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners with both the live stream and the podcast. Simply go on your favorite podcasting software, write a review, and help us to reach a larger audience. We would greatly appreciate it. All right, as I said before the break, Vic was going to talk to us a bit about why clients choose to do business with his firm and what is unique and possibly different about world-class HR consulting and coaching. Well, I think what what's really at the foundation is that we understand the enterprise better than most other firms. We're not just an HR consulting firm, and I think that relates back to myself and my two partners and our background coming out of the big four, as it's called now, uh, audit tax and consulting firms. You know, we really learned more about the enterprise. You know, we're not, uh, we, we speak CEO and CFO speak. We can read a balance sheet, but I think the second issue then is we're metrics driven. So we identify expectations from the get-go and measure the deliverables that we're engaged to provide against those key business outcomes. 
So whether it's leadership training, whether it's behavioral interviewing, which we tie back to uh, turnover and productivity, or executive coaching, we want to measure the impact of those services uh, against business outcomes. So you're able to really present a real-world ROI to your clients, it sounds like, Vic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, one, one real case of a client that we didn't get, uh, in, in my background is so heavily professional services, I tend to gravitate to that, even though I've done six startups in technology. Um, so law firms, accounting firms, consulting firms, That's we, were, we were approached by a firm, had 67% turnover. And when we looked at it, they were spending about a million and a half dollars. And this is not a small firm. I mean, a big firm. This is, you know, maybe overall 100 employees. A million and a half dollars on turnover. And what, what we found is they were hiring fast and, and firing slow. And we realized that if we were to be able to implement behavioral intervention, we could probably save them about $600,000 um, the first year. And that's not even accounting for productivity. That's just reducing their hiring costs. And the return on investment would, would be five to one. I mean, where else can you get 500% return? Uh, but they just got hung up on the price. You know, and Warren Buffett said, uh, you know, price is what they pay, value is what they receive. And so that's, that's again, back to our, our metrics-driven approach is we want to deliver value every time. We didn't get that client and they wound up continuing to have turnover at 67 percent spending a million and a half dollars wow you know we have a few minutes left here on critical mass radio show vic and i wonder if you could explain or at least help our audience understand when you implement survey projects for companies how does this help organizations align their hr processes and programs based on the fact that you're using surveys. Can, can you give a sense for that to our audience, please? Well, under underlying everything that we do is our, our competencies, and I guess you could call competencies a survey, survey methodology. A competency is a measurable pattern of knowledge, skills, abilities, and behaviors that an individual needs to perform the job successfully. And so when we talk about behavioral interviewing or leadership development or promotion, you don't just take competencies off the shelf and slap them down. You've got to go through this process to identify them, particularly around who the high performers are. And then once you know what those core competencies are, now you can link selection to development to promotion. And a lot of companies don't have that link. Uh, they, they might do it for selection, but when it comes time for uh, promotion or feedback or development, they forget that there are competencies underlining, underlying all of this. And so we are definitely a competency-driven organization, and that really is where everything tends to flow. Um, when I was at the Hay Group, which is where Daniel Goldman got all of his competency models for his EQ theories, um, the, the research shows that those companies excelling at leadership development, utilizing competencies, delivered nearly double the S&P 500 return over mm -hmm. 10 years. So there's definitely um, a financial return for taking this approach. 
Excellent. You know, I'm talking with Vic Bular, and we're talking about a range of things. Uh, uh, and I wanted to kind of go off script, and I know that you're uh, a practice leader with Executive Next Practice Forums, and they have an exciting event coming up here, the fourth annual Executive Next Practice Neuroscience and Leadership Summit. Um, I wonder if you might just for a moment, it's it's for those that are listening to us live or maybe as a podcast and it's not quite March 24th of 2017 yet, you may want to, I would encourage you to consider attending this event. But Vic, from your perspective, can, can you share a little bit about what this Leadership Summit's about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of Dan Radecki, and he, um, is, uh, he and his partner are going to be speakers at this event. And Dan was on your show not too long ago and talked about um, uh, Brain-Based Leadership Academy. And it, it's for me, it's very exciting because my undergraduate degree is in psychology. And now all of a sudden, this whole field of neural leadership is coming, you know, big time. So it, it's sort of like I get to apply what I learned in undergraduate school. And it's really looking at the way the brain operates and functions um, relative to leadership interactions. And it's sort of, um, and we've got a tremendous panel. We've got key speakers that are going to be talking about um, how this shapes organizations, culture you mentioned, and uh, ultimately can impact other aspects of selection and retention. Um, But it really is a very exciting field. I mean, something as simple as, and we take it for granted that if if you um, slap someone, there are parts in the brain that light up, which are the pain centers. And we now know through functional MRIs, if you yell and scream and bully someone, the same parts of the brain light up. And so it makes sense, but now we have science behind, you know, what makes for effective leaders. I mean, I could go on forever, but it, it's out, it's going to be out at Chapman University. Space is limited. It's going to be a great uh, two and a half hours, three hours of some of the best speakers on the planet in this um, sub- subject matter. Well, and the fact that this is the fourth annual Neuroscience and Leadership Summit speak, tells me that uh, the ENP team is seeing a lot of interest and, and probably rapid development in the area of neuroleadership such that you know it makes a kind of annual review very pertinent for people so maybe if you've if you've gone before you probably want to go back again not only because of the quality of the program but because it's probably entirely new content too that they're discovering as they're doing this research i would imagine absolutely i mean we know so little about the brain but this group is dedicated to just that is understanding the neuroscience of of leadership and so it, it's going to be uh, every year there's something new that comes out that, uh, you know, helps us become better leaders and better developers of leaders. All right. So, so let's focus back on you and your firm because I wanted to ask if someone would like, Vic, to learn more about world-class HR consulting and coaching, how, how do they find your firm online? Well, I'm at worldclasshr.com. My profile and blog is on LinkedIn. And my phone number, direct, as you said, personal business number, is 949-716-8852. And if they're interested in behavioral interviewing on my website, there's a tab that says behavioral hiring, and you could read all about the common problems that most organizations wrestle with with around uh, hiring. 
I want to thank you, Vic, for being a, a friend of the program. You've been a part of the critical mass community for quite some time here in Southern California. It's been it's great to finally have you on the show and sharing a little bit about what you know in the area of human resources. And I just want to say thanks for being a friend of the program and a part of the critical mass community. Well, thank you so much, and I hope to see you at the uh, Chapman event on neuroscience. All right, and thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Take care. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, who is none other than Mr. Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. And I'm your host, Richard Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show, the books that I write, the speeches that I give, I'm a keynote speaker, and also the CEO peer groups that I lead here in Southern California, then visit my company's website, Critical Mass 4, F-O-R, business.com. And until our next show, hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.